Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 39 of Logicast, the AWS News Podcast brought to you by Logicata. And this episode we are calling our pre-invent special because next week is reInvent, the annual AWS conference in Las Vegas. And we're going to talk through some of the announcements that have already come out prior to the reInvent conference. So uh, my name is Carl Robinson. I'm CEO and co-founder of Logicata. And I'm joined today, as always, by my colleague, John Goodall. How are you doing today, John? I feel more lit. Do I look more lit? I put a new light up at the weekend and I feel more lit. <laughs> you're more lit and you, your background is blurry. So uh, if your cat is going to come into to shot today, I don't think she's going to be in focus. Oh, it's too cold. No, it's just stay in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and we're joined uh, once again by our good friend, Johannes Koch, who last time he joined us was an AWS community builder, but in the meantime has gone on to be promoted to AWS Heroes. So uh, congratulations on that, Johannes. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thanks a lot for having me once again, Carl. And I would not say that it's being promoted to be a hero, right? It's just a different kind of thing, right? Um, and uh, obviously, I'm really happy that uh, my community contributions have been recognized. And I think that's uh, that's how to see it, right? It's not about promotion. Being a community builder is amazing because you get a lot of information already and a lot of uh, guidance as well. So I always try to push back on that, <laughs> on that way of seeing it, to be honest. Yeah. Well, congratulations, nonetheless, on having your contributions recognized. Keep up the good work. And I guess that's what we're doing. We're making some more contributions right here, right now. And uh, you're actually attending reInvent next week, Johannes, right? That's correct. Yes, I'm going to be in Vegas. And if you've got your, uh, you've got your comfy shoes and your lip balm and everything else that gets advised in the... Uh, Most anti-back. <laughs> gel mask. so actually this year is the first time that my my uh my uh, my back is not empty when going to reinvent because i'm bringing a lot of stuff over right so bringing to community builders from all if or to community members from all around the world bringing some stuff from germany that they usually don't get um so um, i'm gonna go uh, there with a full back and hopefully come back with a full back again you're getting a swag swap essentially <laughs> uh, kind of yeah kind yeah. of so what are you taking? Are you allowed um, to say? I, I think I am. Uh, so one of the community members asked for a very special nougat uh, chocolate cream that uh, only exists in Germany. Uh, another person asked for um, soups that you don't get in the US. It's strange, but she's from Germany. So um, uh, that's actually Lily from the community team. Uh, and then another person asked for, there's a German Christmas market stuff, like kind of that you eat, right? So, so sweets at the end, and you don't get that in um, in, uh, in US as well. So that's, um, that's what I'm bringing as well. So it's kind so of more of in a... Vegas and not Australia then, because they take all of that and arrest you. <laughs> <laughs> more of a care package than a, than a swag pack. But... Yeah, not really a swag pack. And, and this year I have my own stickers, right? So I um, I created stickers with my logo that you see on the upper right over there, uh, or left, I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, that's, that's the first time that I'm bringing some. Um, yeah, that's well. That's now that you've told us that, you're going to have to send us some stickers. You know, we're big sticker fans over here at Logicast. So I know, uh, yeah. I know, I can. As as we're sadly not going to be at reInvent, maybe you could pop us some Lockhead stickers in the post for our laptops. I'm happy to do so. Then you can distribute that in your user group as well, right? <laughs> Absolutely, which is tonight. Uh, although when people are listening to this, it won't be tonight. But uh, when we're recording it, it's uh, our user group meeting tonight. So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about uh, exporting sweet goods from Germany. Uh, no. We are here to talk about uh, AWS news. And uh, as it's uh, reInvent next week, um, there have been... An an absolute uh, 
barrage of announcements. My newsletter was uh, longer than my arm this week with uh, all of the uh, the new announcements coming out of AWS in the build-up to reInvent. So we couldn't possibly go through all of them, um, but we have picked a few that we thought were pretty cool, um, and we're going to discuss those today. So the first one is this um, new app that AWS have launched called Party Rock. What a great name for an app. just makes it sound really exciting. Uh, but uh, Party Rock uh, is a new app that uh, AWS launched last week, I think, um, which helps you to build AI apps um, on Amazon Bedrock um, just using uh, plain language inputs. So um, what are your thoughts on this one, guys? Well, we had to talk about it, didn't we? I think I saw four, five in a row LinkedIn posts saying, Party Rock, Party Rock, Party Rock, Party Rock. One of which was Johannes. Um, <laughs> and then um, a previous speaker at one of our events, Matt Carey, put a thing up, and he'd done a couple of them, one of which for um, uh, generating emails for, to go to conferences. Obviously, it's reinvent season. And the other one that was much more interesting was telling you what's wrong with your plants. So apparently my peace lily needs more nitrogen, apparently. <laughs> so have you, have you built any apps on it yet, Johannes? Oh, well... Yes, of course. So one of the things that kind of no one speaks about in all of the thing is that Party Rock has been built in Germany, right? Which is pretty oh. cool. Um, so the, I know the team that has been working on this. Um, he, they work out of the Berlin office for uh, AWS. Um, and I think Party Rock is, at least for AWS, a game changer because it makes... Um, generative AI a little bit more accessible, right? So it gives you really people, people like, I don't know, Say it gives salespeople the possibility to try out GenAI without the need to really understand what happens kind of on the downside of it and still build something cool around it, right? So one of the things that I've seen uh, being built is create a quiz, right? Uh, Ten years ago, I was preparing my my child's birthday and I was tr preparing a quiz, right? And that was really hard because I needed to think up and make up ideas, right? Now I can just use that app and give it a prompt that says, create questions for a kid in five years old about a certain topic. And it's going to spill me out 15 questions in addition to that with the answers. And I don't need to think about that anymore, right? And that's, that's where Party Rock really makes what Gen AI is going to be accessible. However, I think it's not perfect. Uh, in my article that John mentioned, I have some th things that I would need, right? Um, it's cool to make Bedrock accessible through that tool, but now how do we give this in the hands of builders, right? So at the end, I would love to get the CDK code required to host this application in my own AWS account, as an example. So I could then pot potentially deploy that into my AWS account and understand all of the Bedrock integrations that we have uh, in that API. Um, and I think that's some stuff that the team could be adding going forward as well. Did you see John Topper's video that he did uh, where he was trying to get it to do his job for him? <laughs> no. It's quite an amusing take on it. Yeah, uh, John Topper is the leader of the um, AWS User Group UK, and he did a uh, he did a short video on it yesterday, and uh, he was basically trying to get it to uh, to. Uh, write social media posts from AWS blog posts that, that his customer base would understand. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, a friend of mine did a, a market disservice uh, application um, for himself. So he's a consultant as well, right? So uh, then he just gives them a topic and an idea and it generates all of the marketing material that you need. Um, and you can they directly use that. Um, so that's pretty, it was pretty fun when I saw that. Yeah. 
But I think a uh, word of caution to anyone using this, check the output because, uh, you know, it's not always uh, necessarily 100% what you'd be looking for. And uh, well, I wonder usually... if um, our good friend Werner will start complaining about Bedrock not being optimised for the truth because he did about GPT. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how the uh, how the, the different models are kind of tuned and trained, but uh, usually, uh, if you get the wrong thing out, it's because you put the wrong thing in. So uh, you know, it's all about uh, having the right prompts, prompt engineering, as it's being coined uh, nowadays. So uh, and. Uh, yeah, and that's yeah. where Party Rock helps you a lot, right? Because you can change those props, the prompts on kind of short notice. Just change it and see what the outcome is out of it, right? And I think, as I said, it makes stuff more accessible. It puts it more in the hands of you as a kind of user using Bedrock. And before that, at least for me, kind of Bedrock felt so far away. If you did not have a specific use case on how to really use that. I didn't really think about using it. Now I have a possibility to play around with it, gain my own experiences, right? And even share that with John, right? To help him plan his next year's reInvent trip, as an example. <laughs> I have an application that uh, calculates, uh, I created an application that calculates the steps between different buildings, right? So how much do you need to walk between Venetian and Mandalay Bay, uh, which is one of, the <laughs> one of the challenging things at reInvent as well, right? Uh, I have an app that does that, and that was, like one minute to do, right? So um, that's really, it's cool. Definitely takes more than a minute to walk from the Venetian to Mandalay Bay because those uh, those are pretty far <coughs> apart. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't want to be subscribing for a ten o'clock talk in one and an eleven o'clock talk in the other. Um, uh, if if uh, your Vegas geography is uh, is, is not uh, uh, not up to speed, so um, yeah. And uh, I did see. Uh, I don't know if it was one of the defaults or one I saw on somebody else's post, but it was uh, there was an app which should, could uh, write a, a justification letter to your employer about why you should be able to go to uh, a specific that conference, was such Harris. as reInvent. That was Matt Carey's, was wasn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it seems um, like it was too late for you guys to go then, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, next year. We'll be there next year. We'll be Good. recording uh, live from reInvent next year, uh, 2024. So, um, cool. You heard okay, it here well, first. And if, yeah. if, if this doesn't happen, all seven listeners, I want you to send hate mail to Carl. <laughs> More hate mail to Carl. Yeah. <laughs> I, have a I have a special filter for that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on from uh, party rock. We should have saved the party till the end, but uh, no, we've got we've we've got a good article to finish on as well. But let's before we get to that, let's move on to our next article that we selected for this week. This is another announcement, and this one is about uh, the introduction of new advanced logging controls for AWS Lambda functions. Um, so uh, the weather's getting colder. It's the time of year when you want more logs, um, usually for the fire. But uh, here we yeah. can have uh, more logs for uh, for serverless. Um, so, uh, John, I know you're a serverless community builder. Uh, are you excited about this announcement? Well, what this does is this replaces functionality that I've had to build before, which is kind of an AWS thing. They do that. Right, I'll have a problem, or builders will have a problem. People will work around it, and AWS will then make that problem go away. Usually, just after I finish building the workaround, which is just like timing. Thanks, guys, but whatever. But this is cool. This is genuinely quite cool because one of the things that's key, generally, in application logging, Lambda or not, is putting out different types of logs and different levels of logs depending on what you're trying to achieve in production you don't want full debug or verbose logging running because it's just going to fill up your log storage or 
costs you loads of money in CloudWatch logs or, or whatever. But in development, you want as many logs as you can possibly get because you're still developing the application. You don't quite know how it's going to behave. You're debugging it, so you need more data. And historically, what you've had to do is build kind of your own logging tool because CloudWatch logs, Lambda logs, piping out to CloudWatch just kind of took anything that would log to the console. So you had to sort of build your own way of doing that. So you go, I'm in dev, log at this level. I'm in prod, log at that level. And it would kind of spew it all out. But now this is kind of doing a good chunk of that for you. And it's adhering to standards as well, which is cool. So excited is probably the wrong word, but it's useful. Uh, yeah, I think it, it simplifies a lot of the uh, the locking mechanisms that you um, had been doing manually so far, right? Um, and it makes things a little bit easier. Um, I think that there is an integration with CloudWatch Insights already, right? But um, what I would love for is kind of now taking all of these log files and potentially using Gen AI or something else to generate insights that really help me to improve my log my code or my lambda or whatever, right? I think that's stuff that we could potentially build on top of this announcement as well going forward. Yeah, I did just, uh, it, it's not made it into the newsletter yet because it's an article that I shared today, um, but I saw something today about using Gen AI to create uh, I think it was CloudWatch dashboards. I'm trying to find, uh, yeah, leverage generative AI to create custom dashboard widgets in Amazon CloudWatch using Amazon Code Whisperer. So, uh, yeah, lo lots of uses for Gen AI around helping you to better leverage AWS services. Yeah. So I think one point it makes, and John, I don't know if you agree to that, but one point it really makes is use a managed runtime. Because only if you use a managed runtime, that's that's when you really get all of those benefits, right? Um, now, um, it, if if you have something a, man, a runtime that is not AWS managed, you need to still build that stuff yeah. on your own, right? And I think that's one of the points that the article article also makes. Yeah, it's a reasonable one because there's managed runtimes for there's six of them, I think. I forget all of them off the top of my head, but there's Node.js if you're mental. Um, and you can use you know JavaScript or TypeScript. And you've got Python, you've got .NET, Java. Again, if you're insane and like things taking a long time to load, um, but if you're going, I wouldn't agree to that comment. But okay, let's go. <laughs> JVM, cold starts in Java hurt. It's a lot better than it used to be. With, but cold starts in Java sucks. Snap starts, it's better, right? But uh, so I, I'm just butthurt about Java. I don't like it. Ah, okay. um, Okay, yeah, makes JV, sense. I, I have a bad history with JVMs generally. Doesn't um, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if you're having to, if you're running things in, in PHP, for argument's sake, and you're having to do that into a Docker container to then run it in your own runtime, it's just, you're making more work for yourself than I think you really needed to. It's, it's one of those, we use PHP because we use PHP. Other annoying scripting languages are available could do anything you like um but it's one of those we do it this way because we do it that way and we're going to cut our nose off to spite our face and and put rounds in our feet and all the rest of it just because we do things this way um and as you say if you start using things outside of the core of the managed service you're hurting yourself more and more because you're having to build more and more for yourself which is sort of not the point really yeah so for me using a container 
in Lambda is kind of a no-go because it really uh, removes Lambda itself, right? So I, I rather, and I don't know what your opinion is, John, but rather use a layer on top of a managed runtime than building my own container, right? Um, I, but that's, I don't know. I, I think here we need to improve the number of available managed runtimes that um, AWS offers, right? So that's an interesting point because they took away the managed runtime for Go and then told you to do use provided Linux, which is okay. Go is a funny one because it runs better on bare metal than it does in containers anyway. But yeah, it would be nice to see a few more languages supported. Yeah, so other than that, I think um, it also plays together with the power tools. So I don't know if you're using power tools regularly. Um, yeah, some and some. It's um, Power tools are a bit inconsistent between the languages, though, again, because they, they're open source, community driven. And if you look at the power tools for Python, I quite like those because they do a lot of um, like boilerplate stuff for you. It's, here's how you get something from Dynamo. It's just about two lines of code, bang. But then power tools for Node.js are fundamentally different and it's just lots of logging. Like, okay, cool. Where was yeah. last time I looked? Yeah, so one of the bigger announcements this year was that the Power Tools team is now an official team at AWS um, and they are working to streamline that a little bit. Um, so you could also potentially ask uh, Ran Eisenberg to get on the show next time and talk in details around that because he's been heavily involved. He's also giving a talk with Hato uh, Lesa, who is the lead of the Power Tools team next week at Rainman, right? Um, so uh, that's potentially also pretty interesting to talk about those differences and make sure that that gets aligned a little bit better. John loves talking about power tools. He's usually got a few on display behind him, but you can't see that today yeah. because he's blurred his background. So uh, anyway, on yeah, that I don't note, know how uh, I did that. I, I have no idea. I did it for a team's call, and it seems to have stuck. Stuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it works. Don't worry. We can see, still see your face. So uh, unless, of course, you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> in which case you just have to imagine what John looks like. Um, anyway, uh, moving uh, swiftly on then to uh, the next uh, pre-invent announcement that we picked up this week, uh, sticking with a serverless theme. Um, this one uh, was the uh, introduction of AWS Step Functions Redrive to recover from failures more easily. Um, so uh, I have to confess, this is not something I understand in any great depth, but uh, I think there's always been a retry. Now there's a redrive. What's the difference? Uh, short version. Retry starts from the beginning. Redrive starts from where it failed. That's okay. not... Next groundbreaking. One. That's not yeah, no, right. <laughs> that's not groundbreaking. That's not earth shattering. What that is is really, really handy if you've got a workflow that does transcoding or something that takes a very long time at the start and then fails afterwards. Because you can just keep hitting the thing that's failed and go, oh, that's why it's fallen over. More useful for debugging things than it is for production, I think. But that's really handy. Yeah, I'm not sure, right? So if you have a step function that handles all of your ETL for any kind of use case that takes multiple minutes, you don't need to do everything kind of again, right? Mm -hmm. So think of um, a big um, a big data import pipeline that you do that you do for your uh, AI stuff, right? Where you kind of build your own model. And That's three AIs have... in a row now. It's <laughs> <laughs> You can it's do everywhere. a lot of things with that, right? So, so I think really um, that that having the possibility to not start from the top really will also be able to save you a lot of state transitions, or also mm -hmm. uh, help you to save a lot of other pieces, right? Especially also with all of that functionalities that the function has today, right? Um, it can help you in production to not 
to not regenerate a booking ID or something like that, right? Um, and that's where I believe um, it, it, it is an important functionality that we missed. So I mean, far. yes and no. Yes and no. You're not wrong. Fundamentally, you're not wrong. You've always kind of been able to do that in your workflow because um, you could catch failures and do automatic retries on that particular thing if it failed for a reason that you specified. But again, that state transitions. And for those that are unfamiliar, and it'll probably come up in the talk that um, the author of this article, who is speaking at our event tonight, it's lovely this, um, is going to talk about, is in a standard step functions workflow, you pay per state transition. It's not horrifically expensive. I think it's 25 cents per thousand. But if you're running these at production scale, hyperscale, it can get very expensive very quickly. So one of the ways of optimizing for cost is optimizing to reduce the number of state transitions. So if you can do that anyway, it's worth doing. Nice. Uh, you should have primed me on that, John, because I hadn't actually noticed the author of the article was <laughs> Mr. Ben Smith, um, who will be... Uh, One thing I will never do, Carl, is prime you. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds painful. Uh, on that note, let's move on uh, to yet another announcement, a pre-invent announcement. Um, and uh, this one is about uh, Amazon Code Catalyst now supporting single sign-on using AWS IAM IDC, Identity Center. Um, so this is your wheelhouse, Johannes. Tell us, tell us more. Yes, so much to say about this one. This is a big one, right? Um, this is a big one because it um, it uh, starts to hit on one of the things that um, Code Catalyst team has been getting as a negative feedback in the last year. Uh, it gives the possibility now to integrate with your own IDP at the end. So as an enterprise, if you're a bigger company, you can now use the identity center, which is already connected to your internal IDP to and now allow and enable access to code card list. This is really cool, right? So you can um, now um, really manage all of your, and we have another announcement for code card list that we had, I think a few days ago around teams being available in code card list, right? So you can now also map roles from your uh, internal network or from your internal um, Active Directory uh, directly into Code Catalyst. And this is where it, I think it opens up the way for a lot of additional use cases for Code Catalyst. Um, also, I think a lot of people have been complaining about Code Catalyst living outside the AWS console. This kind of brings it back in a way like you can manage access in Code Catalyst through that uh, identity center integration, right? So, um, as you can see, I'm completely fascinated by that um, by that announcement, right? And um, I think that this will really change um, perspectives on Code Catalyst as well. I don't know, John. Tell me, you haven't used it much, I guess, right? No, I have no need um, for a number of reasons. One is. Um, took me own horn i've done the dev ops pro exam i passed that i kind of know what i'm doing just with the tools anyway and with infrastructure as code and it's not something that power users for want of a better term i really kind of need or use in my opinion uh graphing tools and visualization tools going back to the previous thing about step functions there's a, a plugin in vs code that will draw your step function for you after you've written it out in the json-ish syntax that's really helpful so i can see code catalyst being used kind of the other way by by pro users and power users because it's a here's a, a an, an infrastructure i've just taken over what does it actually look like boom because there's a thousand and one drawing tools, mm -hmm. but having one that's kind of AWS approved, again, lack of a better term, is quite handy. 
The integration but, with IDC, though, as you say, is brilliant. But Code Catalyst is not the drawing tool at the end, right? Code no, Catalyst but... is, I think, so we are, we need to, you can see it as the GitHub for for AWS, right? And I know that it's not from my I'd argue that was code commit, wouldn't they? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's code, code Catalyst is that integrated DevTools service that really gives you the possibility oh, to I'm manage your confusing tools. I'm confusing tools. Like I'm that, thinking right? of application composer. That's what I I'm Yeah, of. yeah. So that's it's a different thing. The Code Catalyst really helps you in this case to build all of your whole project on AWS, right? And this is where now with that IAM integration, identity center integration, it kind of brings that kind of externally set, setting service a little bit more together with what you have already in your AWS infrastructure. There is also that that blueprint stuff that we have, and um, this empowers you to do better things going forward, combined with this integration center and a few of the things that we might be hopefully seeing soon. Um, I think that we're going to be uh, learning um, a lot on how Code Catalyst can be a center of your CI and CD, but also your development work uh, on AWS, right? And now um, I think you're both in consulting with uh, Logic Carta, right? Um, and if you now have your own identity center and your customers can enable you to access their code catalyst spaces through identity center connection, connectivity, right? That's also going to help you to directly work on their code and then they can take that away directly again afterwards. So I see a lot of potential of this service. Um, and uh, John, seeing that you confused it with application composer, where I completely agree with you, um, that <laughs> is not really <laughs> something that we directly need right now. Um, I think you should have a second look on it. And uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's an interesting one. It is because, um, not talking about the tool itself per se, I was at a community day of some description a little while ago that the dev advocates wrote, uh, ran and they brought it up in there and there's here's your workflows and here's your Kanban board and kind of all the rest of it. Brilliant. GitHub's better. You know, it's one, it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's just more advanced. It's just more mature. Um, but the point I was, I was meandering to was we use and recommend IDC with our customers anyway, yeah. um, just because you should, you should use it. But the biggest issue with an external identity provider is, particularly if you're working with a partner, if you have um, hooked it up to Google or Entra ID, as Azure ID is now called, you then have to add your third-party partners into your Active Directory or whatever, and then your security people are going to have a fit. So it's, it's double-edged. It is. It's double-edged because there's no way of just giving access without going through all of the proper procedures arguably you should go through all the proper procedures but sometimes it's not fast to do that so johannes do you see code catalyst replacing github for some aws native users that's an interesting <laughs> that's question. a big question so that. let's let's start a little bit sp smaller uh, do i see code catalyst replacing um code star code commit um and uh, similar things Yes, definitely, right? Um, you could directly use that. Um, replacing GitHub is a little bit too much. So today, Code Catalyst offers the possibility to integrate with GitHub, also with GitHub workflows and stuff like that, right? I think one of the benefits for GitHub today still is that GitHub can be used for multi-cloud deployments and Code Catalyst is limited to AWS deployments. Obviously, very much integrated, right? Then uh, other tools, but, but still it's limited to that. Um, so, um, 
the team has some work to do to put it at feature parity with tools like GitHub that have been uh, started a few years ago, as John already mentioned. Um, but I know um, that uh, there is a lot of cool uh, things that the team has been working um, on um, that, uh, and I've been talking to them about what I would like to get. Um, and here, John, if you have any things like what make what would make you use Code Catalyst, just send me a note afterwards and I can relay that to the team, right? Because um, I, I think that having an integrated service that runs natively on AWS will empower us developers going forward to be more successful and to develop faster, right? Because that's really what we all aimed for, right? Is improving the developer experience of uh, of us building cool stuff on on AWS, right? And and if Code Catalyst plays a central uh, place there, right, then I think that can be beneficial. John doesn't like that. I can see that in your face. For those not, for those not <laughs> listening, um, I'm very set in my ways. I like GitHub. I like GitLab. I, I don't know. I'll look at it at some point. But it's one of those because we're not day to day true consulting, as it were. We manage services, so it's looking after what's already there. It's, it's a bit of a different game. Yeah, but look at the so today blueprints are um, prepared by the AWS team but still they empower you to quickly get started on something. And now one of my early wishes has been, I would like to be able to have a new project blueprint for myself that has specific uh, things that I always do. Today you do that with Progen or you do a copy paste or you do whatever, right? But think of the possibility of having a blueprint that you have been working on and that you can use for all projects. And the moment that you change that, because now uh, in your, now let's assume that Carl is not the CEO anymore, then you become CEO, you wanna change all of the uh, copyright things like because you need to put your name in, right? Today, if you need to go to all projects to do that, if you have that in a central place and you can just apply all of these changes to all of your 500 million customer uh, projects that you did, uh, then that would be kind of an easy thing to do. And this is where I see uh, things becoming hopefully easier as well. Uh, going forward. And then, as I said, Colgatlas is at least three years behind, maybe four years behind of what GitHub is. Totally agree to, with you, John, but I can see the potential of it being a central place for um, development on AWS going forward. Sounds good. It's a future we can all aspire to. So moving on uh, from the pre-invent uh, announcements, our last article um, is uh, about some reinvent predictions from various uh, analysts and, and journalists in the space. Um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the predictions that um, these guys have come up with. And uh, perhaps John and uh, Johannes have some predictions of your own. So um, let's take a look. Uh, Chris, Chris Totsi was the first uh, analyst in this article, um, and he's expecting some announcements around Gen AI. Well, we've already had quite a lot of announcements around Gen AI. I think one of the other uh, analysts in this article talked about uh, Bedrock having access to new large language models. Well, uh, there was some of those in the newsletter. I think there was two or three new large language models that have already been announced. But what uh, what, what what do you guys think might be you know coming out uh, around Gen AI? What's left uh, beyond what's already been announced? Vaporware. There'll be some vaporware that comes out, no doubt. It, yes, new LLMs, great. Pricing might become a bit more concrete. Um, maybe, maybe not. Probably start looking at things that aren't LLMs, like image creation and things like that, because I think there's a model included that, that handles something of that nature. But um, 
something in that space as well. And then, as Johannes was kind of alluding to in the party rock piece that we were talking about earlier, we might be seeing more concrete ways of how bedrock is able to interface with all the other tools and services and so on. So I think on the Gen AI space, AWS has been running behind a bit. Um, that's why they pre-announced Bedrock way too early. Um, now um, it is kind of available in a sense like people are starting to use it, but we have not really seen AWS using it. And I think that's what we're going to see at reInvent a little bit as well. Like um, things like Party Rock, things like Code Whisper, Whisperer being improved. Uh, we yesterday saw an announcement, which is amazing. We didn't include it in the newsletter, but it's about a FIC um, and that means Code Whisperer coming to the command line at the end, right? So you can now have um, autocomplete in the command line, which is pretty cool. I don't need to remember Git commands anymore. Um, but I, I hope that we're going to get more like that. Gen AI applied to some day-to-day -day tasks, whatever that means, right? This could be, as I mentioned earlier, CloudWatch insights improvements. This could be uh, potentially um, some automations in some of the other parts, um, but this is, what I would hope for under the AI space. Yeah, that fig so, thing sounds cool. I've been using fig for years and then everybody's bought them. And I'm like, they're going to integrate something with this and it's going to be really cool. And it's, yeah, that's just going to be cool. Anything, anything we're going to see at reInvent that's uh, nothing to do with Gen AI? FinOps. <laughs> FinOps is one of the predictions here um, from one of these analysts. So what, what do you, what do you think we might see around FinOps, John? Uh, they're going to wax lyrical about the fact that they've joined the FinOps Foundation at long bloody last um, and then talk about all the different ways that they can help their customers save money on the bill that they're charging them. Yep, I see that one as well. Um, what do we expect on the serverless front? Because, John, that's what you like talking about. <laughs> what, do you, <laughs> what, what do you have in mind? Oh, we might get some new step functions features, hopefully. Um, some new states would be nice because like when they went from map to distributed map, that was just game-changing for processing really big data sets. That was enormous. Um, we've had some step function stuff already with the redrive stuff. Hopefully, we'll get more in that kind of area. Um, Semi-recently, it's not a pre-invent piece, but um, within the last kind of six months or so, you could finally get a graphic workflow um, in the console for Express, what, uh, functions which is just great because back when I was using them kind of in anger every day you, you kind of defaulted to doing them in standard so that you could see them when you were debugging them you could kind of say oh the file is there rather than having to read through some fairly awkward log files that's kind of already been done six months back so maybe we'll get more in that kind of space I'd like to see what I'd really like to see is a new workflow type entirely although I don't know what that would look like I just think it'd be cool if they come up with a third one don't know. I have no idea what it would be, though. Okay, cool. Um, I'd want to put a little bit of spot on Amplify, who has already started a lot of the pre-invent announcements. I think that there is much more cool stuff that they will be providing. So I think yesterday they announced uh, a support for all server-side rendering frameworks, which kind of sounds like a small thing, right? But in Amplify hosting, it really simplifies the way that you can interact with that. And there's uh, other, I think, coming announcements coming in this week already before reInvent. Uh, but I really believe that um, they have done a tremendous job this year uh, in combining all of the announcements to the launch week that you're having. And uh, so I see a lot of stuff coming there. Um, then other predictions. Well, um, 
not going to code catalyst route because I guess that yeah. there's going to be some stuff coming. It's a pretty new service. We had um, application composer, um, which you were laughing about, John, and I kind of agree to that. But I think that this is still an early team and will also get yeah. some attention, right? So no, I want it uh, to get attention. It deserves to be better than it is. You just mentioned like the stem functions in the Visual Studio Code. Um, mm. Getting application composer into the Visual Studio plugin would be cool, That'd right? Be, yeah. Um, and then application composer, I, I would still want to have some more guidance on how do I deploy that stuff afterwards, right? They have that SAM integration today, um, with, which they already have, but I would love to get some more. So this would be an area where I believe that, that there will be some cool stuff coming as well from a production's perspective. Um, and of course, we we always forget, but we're going to get uh, 725 new instance types with uh, <laughs> a, with a microsecond spilling, and obviously, uh, we're also going to new regions and new edge locations. I would guess, but um, <laughs> I, I, Inst instance types optimized for Gen AI, of course. So, uh, <laughs> most probably, yes, absolutely. Here's but on a that note, with um, 17 million GPUs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then on that note, uh, we've gone way over time this week. So I'm uh, sorry. I, no, that's okay. We've, uh, you know, I we've had a, an interesting one, discussion. So. One question for you to kind of follow up and not don't answer it now, but it might get uh, some attraction. And uh, John, most probably it's going to be for you. One of the things that we have been discussing last year after reinvest went is what is the definition of serverless? How do we define that? <laughs> uh, and one of the points that I hope that we can also kind of clarify is uh, going forward, How what do we see as serverless services? Because there has been some confusion last year. Um, for me, and I'm going to just put that in as a statement, and then we'll see um, if you get more than seven uh, hate mails now this time, Carl. Um, <laughs> serverless could be seen as, as long as you don't need a VPC, it's serverless. The moment that you need to create a VPC, it's not serverless anymore. I don't know. Let's put that in uh, and uh, let's see how many hate mails you get, Carl. If you break record this time, you might invite me again. I'm going to have to review John's recent uh, talk that he did on WTF. I'm not going to say in his full form. WTF is serverless to see whether that's in there or not. It and, is. Uh, it then is. We, can we can debate whether it should or should not be. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank, thanks for throwing that hand grenade in at the end of the episode, uh, Johannes. Uh, but uh, yeah, definitely something plan? we can discuss further <laughs> on a future episode. So, um, but yeah, we've gone way over time. So uh, let's wrap it up there. Uh, that was season two, episode 39 of Logicast, the AWS news podcast brought to you by Logicata. Thank you, John, uh, as always, Goodall, for your insights. And uh, thank you, Johannes, our, our hero for coming back on uh, the podcast and uh, sharing your reinvent predictions and have a great time in Vegas next week when you go to reinvent and uh, perhaps we'll catch up once again uh, and hear about your reinvent experiences. So thank you all for listening. Um, don't forget uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, tell your friends, if you didn't enjoy it, write some hate mail to me. Uh, I can handle it. Don't worry. I'm a big boy. Um, <laughs> you can uh, download the podcast from wherever you get your podcasts and uh, we'll be back after reinvent uh, with another guest, uh, to talk about uh, some of the things that were announced. So uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you again next time. Cheers. <laughs>